Talk Zone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. Speaking of matchups tonight, thank you very much, Mr. Announcer, man. We got some pretty good ones. The ACC Big Ten Challenge, if you're into college basketball, that's right there for you both uh, today and tomorrow. Welcome, everybody. TalkZone.com. Two guys and a mic. Plenty to talk about. We didn't get to a lot of stuff over the weekend on yesterday's uh, semi-explosive, semi-antithetical show yesterday. So we will make sure we do that, including the NFL. Round them up and wrap them up. We got to talk about that. We'll recap some of the football games from Sunday. I, quit. I know it's a little bit about past news, but we got to get to some action there as well. Big Dog and the Coach, answer service right up until 11 o'clock. Thank you so much for joining us. A little bit of music, and then we'll introduce our semi-esteemed guests. Yes, indeed. Big dog Joel Radwanski checking in from his telecommunicated phone lines out in Aurora, Illinois. By the way, big dog, you are fully steamed because, uh, esteemed, I should say, because according to my records, well, I beat the Schmoes over the weekend, which another thing we didn't get to yesterday. I went one and two. Uh-huh. Uh, Swamp Rat went one and two. Caller Kevin. David Olson back on the winning track, our leader in the clubhouse at two and one. You were two and oh, and I had a question mark on one of the games. You had Wisconsin giving up the points against Penn State. You won that one. Yes. You had Ohio State plus the seven and a half. You barely won that one. Now, what about did Auburn cover against Alabama or no? No, no. They uh, they they lost by twenty eight. They were twenty one point underdogs. Okay. And they, you can say, oh, they only lost by a touchdown. They scored no offensive touchdowns. Alabama absolutely throttled Auburn. Coach, I have never seen a more one-sided iron bone bowl ever. I don't care about the score. They scored. They didn't. They had two first downs with five minutes to go in the game, Auburn. Can you believe that? A Division One team had two first They ended up with seven because, like, with five minutes to go, they had, like, a long drive where they got a bunch of first downs. Not just any Division One team, but a Division One team. I don't have the stats in front of me, but probably top five, top ten in the country last year offensively. Well, they were the national, the reigning national champion. Right. They're the number 24 team in the country. And, and last year, obviously like Houston and then a couple other of those schools had better stats than Auburn did. But I mean, let, let's face it, Auburn with mm-hmm. Cam Newton was a first time machine. So yeah, I, I lost that one, coach. I went two and one this weekend. And that's why you want to see the rematch too. Alabama's defense, that outstanding against LSU's offense. Uh, so. Uh, putting that in the bank, I know a lot of people don't want to see it. I, for one, would like to see the rematch, uh, especially because I didn't see the first game. <laughs> well, you, you know what, Coach, is that first game, I absolutely love the game. The hitting was incredible, and every single inch of the field was so fought over. The intensity made up for the lack of uh, explosive plays, but, you know, See, I see other stuff as explosive plays. I see linebackers who come up and fill a hole, taken out on a guard, and the guard goes flying into the running back. To me, mm-hmm. that is excitement at its true period. That's me jumping off the couch screaming. Everybody else is, "Wow, did you see that 18-yard pass? 
when I see a linebacker, I mean, that's that's the type of hitting that was going on in that game, Coach. It was amazing. Mm-hmm. It was an NFL played game. NFL defenses versus very good offenses is what that game was. In, uh, <laughs> yeah. it, uh, so I, I have no problem seeing it again. I I'm, really would. I'm with you on your love of uh, defense, by the way. I can enjoy that kind of game. Uh, in addition, Big Dog and a Coach here. Our phone lines are open if you want to check in. 888-463-6748. 888-463-6748. With the 2-1 and one and beat the Schmoes, Big Dog, you have kind of following an interesting year this year. It's, uh, you're, you're, you're methodical this year. It hasn't been quite the, uh, tosses and the turns in your prediction. You're very professional, very methodical, a slightly winning record you're battling, but, uh, Kind of an understated yet successful performance thus far for the Big Dog. What, what's my record for the year? You're maybe a game over 500. No, well, yeah, no, I got to be more than a game over 500. I don't think so. Actually, you might be no, a game no, under I, 500. No, no, no. I am definitely more than that because I was 15 and three, and then I've gone like two and one, like three out of four weeks since then i don't know i've got every yeah. week marked yeah. down well, well we'll talk about it off air i don't want to bore the listeners but bottom line is you're uh you're performing at a fairly high level against the point spread but again it's been kind of an understated you haven't had those uh tremendous big streaks like you had in the past but then again you're losing streaks or less maybe it's a sign of age and maturity god forbid you're actually maturing no it's a sign i always pick the biggest games of the week and the, the spreads are almost perfect for these games mm-hmm. that's why you have you have not backed down from the controversial big matches, no question about it. Well, uh, there, there'll be plenty coming up this week, and I, we, mm-hmm. we there's plenty of football games coming up this particular uh, weekend, and there was enough that happened this past weekend that we could talk football on and on and on. And I guess the, all the controversies going on uh, in the game. Can we just talk about football? Why do we always have to be talking about if Tebow is any good? If Dominican Sue should be fine? I mean. Uh, Let's just get back to the good football that's being played all all over the NFL right now. Yeah. By the way, there is a new coaching job available in the NFL. David Olson, our producer, right on it. We are the uh, fourth station to report. Three others beat us, but not bad. We're in fourth place. Jacksonville's Jack Del Rio was released uh, earlier today, Big Dog. So there is an NFL coaching job open. I don't know if you want to throw your hat in the ring. No, I, I think they might have a lead on who they're going to hire if they fire a guy in the middle of the season. I'm assuming. Do we know, David, who uh, has been named the interim coach? Probably a D coordinator, probably an off. Maybe Ron Zook. They bring Zook in? David's checking. It's their defensive coordinator. Ah. I got to look up his name. It is not the Zook. If it was their offensive coordinator, they would definitely be going for the Andrew Luck sweepstakes. My goodness, watching Jacksonville's offense. You know, I know what I noticed that in a couple weeks, there is a Monday night matchup San Diego at Jacksonville. Oh! Out of Monday oh. night. So, Ouch. Coach, Down goes Frazier. <laughs> at wow. the end of the year, would you tell me how much more popular Sunday night football is as opposed to Monday night? Yeah. The, the, the matchups have been abysmal on Monday night football. Don't they have the flex scheduling where they can switch the games, or is that just the no, Sunday? No, that's that Sunday. That's ah. Sunday night they have that. They can't okay. do it on Monday. You can't just tell somebody, hey, by the way, uh, you're going to have to stay stick around another weekend when you come to see the Packers play the Bears another day. You know what I mean? You just can't mm-hmm. you just, that's why it's a Sunday night. Bus. Wow, that sounded like a good idea at the time back at about, I'm sure, about eight months ago, San Diego against Jacksonville. By the way, uh, Rick Neuheisel also got let go as the UCLA coach. Oddly enough, he's going to coach the team in this weekend's conference championship game. I find that kind of odd. Uh, what do they call it? The, the lame duck coach? Um, 
in deference to Rick Neuheisel, I'm sure they took Well, let me ask you. Do you think they talked that over with Rick Neuheisel and made an agreement, or do you think they just said, hey, you're gone, and gave him the option if he wanted to coach the game? Um, I have no idea what went on in that meeting. I'm assuming they gave him the option, honestly, because if they're firing him, I, I, mm-hmm. I don't think they'll be like, hey, we're firing you, and you better coach the game. I, I don't think it works that way. But it, Right now, I mean, what are they going to do with the last week? They should have just waited to fire him after the week, don't you think? Or do, are, are they, they knew they were going to fire him, and they figure out, what's the best way for us to pull an upset against That's... Oregon? Because we're 30-point underdogs. Yep. We're going to fire the guy. Anyways, do you want them to go out and win one last one? I was just one? thinking that. I was thinking it from the opposite. If I'm the Oregon Ducks, I would have much preferred they waited a week. Because now, they, they, you know, for the players that like Rick Neuheisel, anyways, they might be playing for coach at that you think that'll bring the point spread down? Oh, absolutely not, Coach. Now, does, a, does, a, does a really mean poodle scare you? No, yes. Oh, yeah. Are you kidding me? <laughs> a mean poodle scares me more than a mean big dog. Oh, yeah. It's not the size of the dog in the fight. It's the size of the fight in the dog. Thank you very much. You want a swift kick, though, and that poodle goes a flying. <laughs> All you got to do is just stand up to that poodle, and you're fine. Yeah, if but that's easier said than done. I get that's a, see, a poodle, if it senses fear better than any animal. And if it senses that you're feared, it will totally bully you. So just stand up to the poodle. They'll run. Yeah, but a go. poodle can also sense fear in you. And if you are of a sense of fear, the poodle's all over you. That's my point, as I'm telling you, don't be afraid. Well, it's... Everybody who freaks out around dogs, I'm like, all you have to do <laughs> is just look at the dog and be like, I'm not afraid of you. And say it like you mean it. And those dogs will, any dog, any dog, I am not kidding you, Coach. Well, mm-hmm. like, okay. It's, uh, they're, they're, they will not message you. And don't look them in the eyes either, by the way. Any That's animal. Cool. You don't want to do that because they can look at that as a, a stare down and a confrontational move. By the way, speaking of animals, very depressing over the weekend. Very depressed. The first baby gorilla born like in eight years at Lincoln Park Zoo, Big Dog, they were celebrating the birth of this baby gorilla, died over the weekend like two days after birth. Did you read this oh, story? That That's uh, too bad. I didn't hear about it. Uh, That's too bad. Very sad. Very blunt trauma to the head. And it happened in the middle of the night. They do not know what happened. I don't know. It might have fallen down. You know, hopefully it wasn't mom or dad smacking him too hard. But blunt trauma to the head. The baby gorilla is dead. And the, the mother gorilla apparently is, uh, you know, just completely sulking. They can't get her to move, to eat, to do anything. Very sad. Um, you know, maybe it was uh, the dad was or that didn't want the baby born in captivity. Interesting. So much the reason why gorillas are never born in captivity. Mm-hmm. It is kind of sad. I mean, I love going to see the gorillas and the monkeys, but it is kind of sad to see them in those closed booths, shall we say, you know, where they cannot really roam. And it's uh, it's while we're enjoying it as as uh, the general public, it's it's actually a little bit of cruelty, is it not? As we get totally off the subject. Uh, those zoos are all right. Huh? I mean. I, those little, the, the the monkeys with the red asses. Yep. They seem to enjoy the zoo. Yeah. Now, the gorillas don't, and the polar bears hate it. Oh my goodness, those polar bears! They look like the saddest animals on uh, the planet. Though. Just swimming around in that tank, going from side to side, looking at the yahoos like you and me who spend five or ten minutes looking at them. Yeah, it's not it's a brutal existence, big dog. <laughs> yeah, it would be, wouldn't it? Yeah. So. Yeah, you're right. The big gorillas don't seem to like it, but the monkeys they they, they at least show for the crowd. They get a little uh, you know, a little energy from the crowd. 
Yeah, those, those, you know what we're talking about, those red-ass monkeys. Oh, yeah. Right? Where, are those uh, macaques? Baboons. Baboons. There you go. Those yep. things at Lincoln Park Zoo, you go there long enough, they're flinging dung. You know, if you watch, you can find out the one that comes by and gets and cops the field at Will Sandusky, the other <laughs> the other baboons. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> you know that goes out. I'll tell you, those baboon cages, I don't, I don't even like going to any of those big animals that look like they look at you and they're like, could you please get me out of here? Yep. I can't handle those things. Yeah, you're right. I you, really can't. You look in their eyes and it can get to you. I just stick with the baboons. I, when they start throwing the feces, coach, that, there's nothing is better than that. And I'll start taunting the one that throws it, hopefully gets some flung in our general direction. Yeah. I'm not a little afraid of a monkey dunk. So. Yeah. By the way, somebody, as we get further off the topic, somebody is making a brand new type of tea, which is based on the product of, I don't know why I'm even bringing this up, but I read it, from panda feces. They say there is, look at Dave, Dave is typing in it. What are you Googling? Panda feces? I don't know. You know it's, apparently there's some ingredient, an extra strong extract, like panda feces, big dog, that they're making the tea out of it uh, next time. How about, how about them bears, huh? Well, Lily the Lilac is still in Taipei, Coach. You know, I was going to mention that because we had some emailers checking in. Uh, you know, they didn't care so much about our NFL round-em-up, wrap-em-up coming up, but uh, more than a few people wondering. If Lily the Lilac has returned to the homestead and you're saying she has indeed? No, 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 no. She's still in China. Ugh. So I, I asked her to bring me a panda skull. She didn't find that very funny. Don't ever say that to a Chinese person, Coach. <laughs> bring me a panda skull. How long is she going to be there? Because this uh, panda poo tea is going to be available in a couple months. Oh, there you go. Oh, uh, well, she ain't going to be there that long. Is that what it's called, panda poo tea? What he's doing, he grew a field of tea, and he fertilized it with the panda dung. Lovely. Th- 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 that's what it is. I don't know why. Oh, okay. Lovely. For Christmas, Big Doug, I might be sending you a uh, care package. You know, Coach, i try it. I have nothing against that. Yeah, I'm not so sure. I, I know a guy that used to grow his own plants. Yep. And he would fertilize them. Interesting. So, I mean, it's, I, I, I've heard of some whack-out stuff before, Coach. Okay. All right. Well, then the, the, I'm sure the care package will be happily accepted. Oh, goodness. 888-463-6748. If you're into Panda Putang and you want to join our Christmas list, you can do it. NFL Roundup, wrap up coming up. Lots to talk about. Yes, David. And it is going to be the most expensive tea in the world. Ah, well, there goes the care it package. It's going to be 22,000 pounds per pound. Wow. I don't know. Wow. I, I, I don't know. I, I've got wow. to find money conversion, but sorry about big da- uh, big dog, but I don't think that care package. We are in somewhat of a limited budget here in our uh, Christmas gift foray. Well, I, I don't know exactly what happened uh, comparatively. That what that's about thirty five hundred dollars a pound. So it's going to be. I don't know how much you put into a little tea bag. I would have to say about a sixteenth of an ounce, maybe a thirty second of an ounce. David that's might have that. got confused on his Googling here. I'm not sure if that's – he might be talking about something you smoke and not drink at that price. So that, that might be right because we bought a dollar per tea bag, which would be pretty expensive because normally tea bags are like $0.10 cents a piece. Mm-hmm. That would be like a dollar a piece. Mm-hmm. So that's, not, that's still the most expensive Maybe it's around. the type of tea bag you can roll up. And just to convert it, it's uh, $35,000 a pound. Okay, maybe it's more so. So it's wow. like ten dollars a. Uh, how many? Like ten dollars a bag. Ten dollars a bag. 
Oh, you said 22,000 pounds? I thought you said 2,200 pounds. 22,000 pounds, as in the money, pounds, and that uh, is going to be $35,000 a pound. Okay, that's, so when I said when I said thirty five hundred, I thought you said twenty two hundred. So I said okay. No, 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 thirty five, wow. thirty five thousand right. dollars. That, yeah, that... so you're looking at about ten dollars per tea glass that you would have. Yeah, is what that would be. That that definitely cements a big dog. You will not be getting that for Christmas. I'm going to go back <laughs> to my uh, Popeil's Pocket Fisherman, which I will be sending you. One of, nice one of Ron Popeil's uh, items from the back of the 1970s. It dices, it slices, it cuts hands, ears, fingers, toes. So I'm. Um, Expect that in a couple of weeks. Nope, I appreciate that, Coach. I'll see if I can throw in a little panda poo-tang along with it. Uh, All right, so when is Lily the Lilac getting back? Uh, Shortly, Coach. Any day now, actually. Are you hanging in there? And for those new to the program, Lily the Lilac, the new uh, female commodity relationship of the big dog here, it sounded like it was getting a little bit of serious. How are you holding up in the two weeks post-Lily? Uh, I, I don't know really if I'm holding up that well, Coach. I feel horrible. I've been sneezing. I got a sore throat. It's the first time I've been sick in like in in years, Coach. Wow. I don't I don't feel good. Your defense so, mechanisms have wore down. I guess so. Interesting. Guess so. Uh, Interesting. All right. So she should be back in a couple of days. Beautiful. Um, she, yeah, well, so. And don't forget via the internet, she could be listening. So be careful what you say. Uh, oh. Internet is everywhere, Coach. You get, you, uh, it's unbelievable where people listen to us, Coach. Too bad uh, the United States is not one of the countries. <laughs> oh, Friday was Black Friday. Speaking of the Internet, yesterday was Cyber Monday, Big Dog. I don't know if you were on the Internet, but apparently uh, many people were at the various shopping websites buying many of their uh, holiday gifts and presents via the wonderful Internet. Did you partake in a Cyber Monday? No, I was on the internet a lot yesterday because I'm kind of holed up in the house because I, I mean, like, legitimately, my head feels like it's going to explode right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I kept seeing Cyber Monday, and I figured it took me about ten seconds to realize, it, so I never clicked on it. I'm like, oh, now we're all supposed to spend all of our money via the internet on the Monday after this particular weekend. Now, did, were, were people getting better deals, or is it just like some type of gimmick? Well. I think there were were better deals and more and more people don't want to deal and people like myself who don't want to deal with shopping centers and the dreaded Black Friday type scenarios. So was shopping via the Internet a much more successful way? You know, uh, David uh, talked about how he accidentally, unwittingly ended up in a massive line because of some. Well, it happened to a friend of mine. Yep. This woman went, got into a line, waited for like two and a half hours, and she was like two or three people short of, Getting exactly the deal that she wanted. Uh, it was like legitimately, it was like complete way. She's like, I will never do it again, ever. ever. Painful. And painful. She, said she was totally against it beforehand. She does it one time. and <laughs> Oh, man, that was funny. After a two-hour wait, my son, my son went with a friend, not even particularly to look to buy anything. He just wanted to experience the midnight madness craze, you know, a chance to stay out late and break curfew. That's pretty much what it is. Of course, mom and dad gave in a little bit. But, yeah, he got to uh, Best Buy, I think, like 1030 on uh, Black Friday and got in the place at about 1230. Uh-huh. Yeah. It waited two hours. Like, you wanted to wait in line? He would, yeah. I think it's next year. That guy has to do I'm going to pay him like 10 bucks an hour to wait in line. Yeah. Well, you used to be, uh, people used to pay you to be, what kind of shopper were you, a... Oh, a mystery shopper. And somebody's yeah. asking me to do that again. And, Coach, it's so funny that you brought that up because yesterday 
I was contacted by somebody Uh-oh. to actually pose over a long time as a prospective buyer of a home. Mm-hmm. And they're doing this, they're going to like do this undercover thing and film it and all this stuff. So we'll see if if uh, they actually choose me to do that. But they asked me to like, try out for it, so we'll see mm-hmm. what happens with that. But they pay hardly anything. Funny. Whatever. Yeah. No, they're not going to pay. You know, I'll represent you as your agent. Or you, you know, It's got to be a paid position or it's not going to happen at all. Sorry. Well, no, no. Well, they, 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 they pay you, but definitely not enough yeah. for it seems like what. Yeah. I intended to do a good part of my shopping yesterday on Cyber Monday, but instead I ended out, uh, I don't know how the Rick Neuheisel story got on my internet. I ended out looking at pictures of Rick Neuheisel all day. Big Doug was quite distracting. Coach, I, I just want to let you know, I hate Rick Neuheisel. I mean, like with a passion. That's because he threw, what, three or four touchdown passes to beat your fighting Alina and the Rose Bowl? Yeah, four touchdown passes. He was 25 of 27. Yep. Illinois lost 45 to 9, January 2nd, 1984. It scarred me. Wait, 25 Illinois, of 27? That's what I'm guessing. Woo. I, I, would, I would guess that if, if uh, I have it, I have it somewhere here in the, my college football encyclopedia, but that was what I guessed what he was for the day. It was unbelievable. They would just drop back and he'd hit a five yard pass and the guy would run for 50 yards. It was ridiculous. Wow. To this day, it still scars me. I think about how my dad and I felt. I bet you I drank like 18 Coca-Colas that day. <laughs> <laughs> it was bad. Uh, so, you, so you are not mourning the uh, coaching loss of a Rick Neuheisel. That's what, his third coaching job he's been fired from, I think? Yeah, he had Washington and Colorado. Yeah, there you go. There you is go. there anything else? I think there might be some another team in there, isn't there? No, I think just those three. Uh, whatever. He's uh, he's uh he likes the limelight, Coach. Well, no, I know what it was you're thinking of. He was an NFL coach, right? Was he a head coach? I think he was. Uh, the 49ers? Could be wrong. Could be wrong, but I thought he took over an court? NFL team as well. By the way, one of the college games we did not mention yesterday, Stanford knocked it off Notre Dame 28-14. to The Fighting Irish with a decent record, Big Doe, but they still have not been able to win a big game. They were down 21 nothing at one point. Yeah, and... Uh... Stanford looked really, really, really good offensively, pretty much doing whatever they wanted to. And Notre Dame's defense actually matches up with Stanford's offense. That's why I thought it was going to be a pretty good game. It wasn't, Coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, watching Brian Kelly just get perturbed on the sidelines. I know. That's the only funny. reason I watched the Notre Dame game. Same thing with Charlie Weiss. I no. actually enjoy watching uh, both those coaches, particularly Brian Kelly. And their reaction to uh, when things go negative. You know, uh, teams, great coaches have some of their friends scout their own team yep. and say, hey, what are we doing? Tell tell me what our team can improve on. Mm-hmm. The, the first thing I would tell Brian Kelly is, hey, you need to learn how to coach a quarterback. That's what I would say to well, him. It, another it, quarterback is broken. I mean, how many, uh, when he had to bench another quarterback because they, they couldn't play every time the kid makes a mistake, he he legitimately throws a pass, you know, mm-hmm. high over the middle, which is a mistake, and then he immediately looks to the sideline, like, uh-oh. Yep. You know, I mean, like, seriously, get, let the kid play quarterback. When that starts happening, I've seen that to basketball shooters, too. Uh, you know, they get taken out of the game. They miss a shot or two. They start, you know, one eye on the basket, uh-huh. one eye on the bench. When that starts happening, you're done. I mean, you yeah, are absolutely. cooked. And, that's and ex- now your quarterback, mind you, Coach, isn't he, like, your leader? Obviously, he's your leader. He's your uh you know your heartbeat, and however he is acting and feeling, he you know he spreads that to the rest of the team. If he's playing afraid to be taken out, the rest of everybody else is playing afraid on offense. Mm-hmm. 
you know, I, he needs a quarterback that will just be like, F you, coach. You know what I mean? And, just, and like, legitimately right in front of him. I mean, uh, no coaches. There's 119 coaches in Division One football that don't deserve to be spoken to that way. There's one that does. And this kid, this guy in Notre Dame, and I'm not kidding. He needs a quarterback to just be like, get off my back. Uh-huh. Just let me play some football. Right, well, the Notre Damers are still struggling. David Olson, Rick Neuheisel, pro coach? He was an offensive coordinator and a quarterback's coach for the Ravens for a couple seasons, gotcha. but never a head coach. Okay, never a head coach. All right, very good. Thank you for that info. David Olson, producer extraordinaire. On the other side of the glass, it's the big dog and the coach at your service. Dog, we got to get to uh, NFL. Round him up and wrap him up. We'll make it a quick inversion because it's a little bit of old news, but we didn't get to it yesterday, and there was some uh, interesting football played over a, uh, well, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, we had games the, but just about the entire weekend. So um, strap yourself in, my friend. Remember, your seat cushion can be used as a flotation device. Are you ready for the NFL round-em-up, wrap-em-up? I'm strapped in, Coach. <laughs> That's what I was afraid of. All right, game one on the docket. Uh, he did it again. Tim Tebow, five out of six. Absolutely unbelievable. They beat San Diego in overtime, 16 to 13. Game winning field goal to finish the game. And, uh, the San Diego Chargers, I think have lost what, five in a row, but the Tebow winning, absolutely amazing. And he ran the ball, what, 22 times? Uh, the most since 1950 by an NFL quarterback. I gotta tell you something. The two defensive ends that the Broncos have, Tim Tebow and Tim Tebow, they both have ten and a half sacks in the last five games. Yeah. Their cornerbacks, Tim Tebow and Tim Tebow, are phenomenal. And then on the last play of the game, uh, Tim Tebow made a great play to put him back like six yards. The Chargers' offense, and then all the Tebows ran off the field. Coach Tim Tebow was unbelievable. <laughs> Boy, well and taken. Then on offense, oh, on offense, Tim Tebow had a twenty-four yard run right up the middle. Got the ball handed to him by Tim Tebow. Tim Tebow was good. believe you're talking about Willis McGahee who ran the ball in the uh, the Denver Bronco defense. Your point is well taken with the deep sarcasm there. The defense is tremendous. What is it, Von Miller? Miller and Elvis Doomerville, coach. Oh, my God. Who? Uh, the, Elvis Doomerville. Remember the kid from Louisville who was 5'10", yep. plays defensive end? He's the kid that Marcus Vick stepped on yep. in, the, in the bowl game. Uh-huh. Well, he's playing defensive end for the Broncos. You know, He led the NFL in sacks last year. Don't tell anybody because nobody knows this. Okay, and this year he's dominating again. Vaughn Miller, the number four overall pick in the draft, when I was yelling, take Patrick Peterson, take Patrick Peterson, they took Vaughn Miller. Well, uh, they did. Patrick Peterson's phenomenal, by the way, but that was uh, one of the smartest picks in the draft. Coach, he might be Lawrence Taylor. That's how they're, they're comparing him. I'm watching highlights on uh, on the NFL Network. This, this kid, is they put him over the guard. He's picking the guard up and driving him right into the quarterback, and, get, and then he's over the tight end rushing the quarterback, running right past everybody right now. That's, mm-hmm. It's not Tim Tebow. Vaughn Miller right now is the rookie of the year in the NFL. Period. Mm-hmm. There's no question, even more right. than Cam Newton. And the guy you mentioned, Patrick Peterson, is probably in the top five. We're going to get to him in just a little bit. New York Jets, Buffalo Bills, big game there. The Bills with a great start to the season, the surprise team. But uh, the flag is rapidly being uh Brought down to half-mast, if not removed at all. Fourth loss in a row for the Bills. Jets win it 28-24. Matt Sanchez, four touchdowns, big dog. He took a lot of heat the last couple of weeks. He came back with four touchdown passes, including, I think, a little bit over a minute left for the game-winning touchdown. Yeah, and uh, and that, that story is being overshadowed because of Stevie Johnson, the wide receiver for the Bills, acting like a total idiot. <clears throat> First of all, I thought him doing the dance, uh, uh, and then shooting himself in the foot or uh, leg and acting like uh, Plastico yep. Burns. Hey, yeah, you took was, a chance. That was I don't think really... it was as bad as everybody. 
I thought it was kind of funny. Okay. No, no. And then you act like you're a crashing jet. Are you an idiot? Acting like you're a plane crashing in New York? Are you a moron? I, you know what? Plastic Bulls embarrass worse wants to carry guns in nightclubs. There's nothing funnier to me than nightclub shooting comedy. That's, if you want to go to nightclubs and carry guns and then you get shot for it, you, you deserve to be laughed at. I, uh, I honestly feel that way. Uh, I, well, two, two thoughts. One, I don't think the jet thing, it was more about the New York Jets. I don't think he was trying to make a play on 9-11. If he was, it I could be the, I wasn't saying that either. Okay. But you still have so to, I, I found that the jet thing a little bit more humorous than the, uh, the shooting in the foot, a direct shot, pardon the pun. In a player on the other team, I thought that was completely out of line. Now, now you know how I feel. Plastico Burris is a free man. He deserves it. He served his time. But you know what? If the guy wants to take a chance like that, let him do it. Hey, he's making fun of Plastico Burris and what a create after a touchdown. Well, guess what, Stevie Johnson? In the fourth quarter, the fourth quarter, there were three passes thrown to you that would have won the game. One hit you perfectly in your hands, the first one. You dropped. The ball would have hit him in his chin, Coach, if it didn't hit him in the hands. It was a perfectly thrown ball. He would have went right through the center of the field. He would have been on the 11 when the ball he would have scored. The other one is the second-to-last play. A ball is behind him. Hits him in the hands. Still a really, really tough catch. This one would be a tough catch. Dropped it. In the last play of the game, he goes up and it tips off his hands. So two drops and one tipped off his hands in the last three plays of the game. Maybe you should have been more concerned with catching the ball <laughs> instead of coming up with practical burst dances. How about uh, that? I, I could not have said it any better. You're gonna, you're gonna make uh, comments like that, gyrations like that, insults like that. You better um, stand by. Even if you do stand up to it, stand by it. It doesn't make you look any better. But when you don't perform after that, it makes you look really, really bad. What did he get penalized on that particular play? Was it, it was a key penalty, yeah, right? When he, when he did the jet thing, he yeah. went to the ground. So it's an automatic 15 yard penalty for going to the ground. And that was a big penalty at the time. Because they move the they move the the kicker back fifteen yep. yards. The kicker tries to wind up and hammer the ball because he's so they're so far back, and he kicked the ball like too hard. You, you know, he tried too hard, and he kicked the top of the ball and it rolled like fifteen yards. And the Bills scored a, and the Jets scored a touchdown. Like, like legitimately forty seconds after, guess who scored the touchdown, Coach? Plaxico. Plaxico Burris scored the touchdown forty seconds later. I believe that's what we call poetic justice. All right, let's and move. The, Yep. Yeah, handed the ball to the ref and ran to the sideline. Nicely awesome. done. Nicely. Well, I, I, we talked about it before. I think it was ridiculous that Plaxico Burris spent two years in jail. I don't want to get into that now, but uh, we've we visited that uh, often in the past. I think we both agreed on that. All right, next game of the docket, New England and the Philadelphia Eagles, 38-20. to The Philadelphia Eagles lose again. Who would have thunk it? They're 4-7. and seven. New England is starting to kick it in high gear. Big dog, 361 0.5 yards for Tom Brady, three touchdown passes. Not a bad game either for our favorite name in the NFL, Ben Jarvis Green-Ellis. Yeah, he, he started to become the hammer, and the more they run him, the better that team is going to be. And I'm not saying take the ball out of Tom Brady's hands. I'm not saying that. I'm just making it. If you start using the run a little bit more effective, and you start coming up, Tom Brady could really open stuff up. And now they got Gronkowski, coach, who every week, comes up with a play that just is absolutely mind-blowing. His touchdown this week, not so mind-blowing. He just you know, like basically outran a linebacker when he caught the ball. The DB fell down as he tried to tackle him. 
but that kid right now is as good of a player at his position as any player in the whole of the NFL. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think you can name one position and just definitively say this guy's the best at it more than you can tight end and Rob Gronkowski. He's got the perfect name for it, too, for a tight end, Rob Gronkowski. What college did he go to? Yeah, I'd like the, the K's in it do sound good, Coach. What's that? I'm sorry, I'm having a... Oh, I, no, I, what college did uh, Gronkowski go to? Arizona, Coach. Ah. And and when he was at Arizona, he was a junior, and they, he was thinking about leaving. Like And, like, near the end of his junior year, he messed up his back, and he didn't play at all as a senior. So this kid that was going to be a first-round pick as, you know, in the, as leaving as a junior ends up being sitting out of football for a year, and the, the Patriots took him, like, the fifth or sixth or seventh round, something like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, as soon as they got him, they are like, wow, you're our – because they drafted Aaron Hernandez in, like, the first round, and they drafted him in, like, the sixth round. And they're like, well, you're better. Right when they started, he started playing, they're like, they're our best player. <laughs> so Good choice. Kind of Good uh-huh. choice. All right, Houston and Jacksonville next up on the DACA. We know Jacksonville's uh, head coach got um, – Fired this morning. Jack Del Rio was out. Houston knocked them off 20-13. to The Houston Texans, quite a story, big dog. They continue to win. Andre Johnson's been out for a while. He came back yesterday. Uh, you know, Many people think he's the best receiver in football. He caught only two passes. Really wasn't much part of it. They lost their star defensive end in the beginning of the season, right, Mario Williams? Yes. And the Houston Texans continue to win their quarterback. Got knocked out. Schaubert, their backup quarterback, Matt Leinard, comes in. He didn't last more than a quarter. They win the game with T.J. Yates or Yates throwing the football, and somehow Houston keeps winning despite the adversity. Very impressive. Yeah. The reason why Andre Johnson did only caught two passes, I think, was more than Matt Leinard, T.J. Yates, you know, uh, playing together. Coach, I'm jumping on. I was watching that game. That was the end of a red zone. Had that game on a lot. On, on Sunday. And the Texans have a very, very good defense. Jonathan Joseph, the guy that they signed from the Bengals playing corner, has totally made a difference. Bum Phillips has one of the best jobs. Like, you know, they give the assistant coach of the year award now. Mm-hmm. I don't know how long they've been doing that, but he's going to win it as the defensive coach. Not, not Bum Phillips, Wade Phillips. Yeah, Wade Phillips. Yeah. My fault. My fault. They were the 32nd ranked pass defense, the 31st overall defense in the NFL last year, and now they're number one. I mean, how, how amazing is that, Coach, to go from the worst to first? And we're not going from a, a four-team division. Okay, we're talking 32 teams in the NFL. It's one of the most amazing things that I, I've ever heard of. Yeah, and again, more amazing because they lost uh, one of the top five defensive players of the year, or uh, defensive yeah. players in the game, at the beginning of the season. That makes it even more impressive. Yeah, absolutely, Coach. He's uh, Mario Williams is, is underrated. He tore his pack. Mm-hmm. It's underrated how good that guy is. Well, I don't know how underrated it is because everybody knows about him. Yeah, I guess a good point. All right, Atlanta knocked off Minnesota 24-14. to Vikings 2-9. and Minnesota, uh, Atlanta, sort of like the Houston Texans, uh, struggled a little bit early in the season. They're getting on a roll now. They've won five of their last six. Matt Ryan starting to throw the football around very efficiently. He had three touchdown passes. The Falcons looking good, big dog, as they... Uh, Win yet again. They're fifth out of sixth. Yeah, and uh, we there's five games left in the season, you know, so there, there's a lot of football to be played. Uh, but it kind of looks like the, the Saints are taking control of the NFC South. The, the Falcons are two games behind the Saints, but they do play them again the rest of the year. Uh, they're in the sixth seed right now, 
uh, with the Bears, tied with the Bears. So mm-hmm. it's uh, this is a, oh excuse me, they're seven and four, so they're a game behind the behind the Saints. Yep. The Bears need the Saints to beat the Falcons because the Bears own the tiebreaker with the Saints, with the Falcons and not the Saints. Mm-hmm. So speaking of the Saints, the Saints, the, the, uh, the Saints won last night in a game I did not watch. I was watching college basketball. Thank you very much, Xavier and Vanderbilt. Outstanding game. But New Orleans beat the Giants forty-nine to twenty-five. A Monday Night Football big deal. Hopefully you watched because if you didn't, we got to make something up. But we do know the Saints won the game. Uh, I, I will tell you this: I've watched pretty much every snap of the game. I, 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 I tape whenever there's only one football game on. I tape it, do something else, and then just fast forward through all the. Yep. Oh my goodness, Drew Brees is incredible, coach. Uh, like the way he was playing yesterday. If you give him any amount of time, he is as good as Aaron Rodgers. That is, I'm not kidding you. I mean, he just got the ball wherever he wanted it. Uh, he's going to break. Dan Reno's record for most passing yards in the season because he hit another 300 last night. So he's only about he has to average about 275 yards a game the rest of the way in order to break Reno's record. And I was like, wow, that's a lot. That's going to be difficult. He averaged he's averaging 345 a game this season through the first 11. So I think the last five he can go about 275 a game. So. Sadly, David, this is, you know, normally I love the fact we have archives of our show, but sadly, um, I think if you go back to the tapes at the beginning of the season and our award-winning NFL preview show, Big Dung, uh-huh. I believe it was myself, maybe it was you, but I'm pretty sure it was me, who predicted uh, that, you know, that uh, Drew Brees was on the tail end of his career and we'd see a significant drop in his production. No, that was Oops. definitely because I remember after the first week of the season, <laughs> After the first week of the season, I said more than one player will break Dan Marino's passing record. And if you don't believe me, you can look it up. Right, It was the Monday after the first weekend of the season. Wow. Or the Tuesday, the Tuesday after. Because the Tuesday after, uh, Tom Brady had the Monday night game against the Dolphins where he threw for 540 yards or 517 yards. And Cam Newton, Andrew Brees had thrown for 400, and Aaron Rodgers had thrown for 380. So I was like, I the records. And don't be Aaron Rodgers, there could be three guys that break Dan Marino's records this season because Tom Brady is right behind Drew Brees right now for most passing yards. And don't forget Aaron Rodgers is having the best season ever in the history of quarterback. There is the possibility of four Caleb Haney, five games left, would need to average only 600 yards per game to challenge that record. Counting the <laughs> 140 he threw last game, please do not count Caleb Haney out. I will now sit down and listen for my answer. And you're going to have to wait a long time for any response Thank to that. you very much. Arizona knocked off the Rams. Now, these are two teams that are out of the running for a wild card or playoff possibility. But Big Doe turned out to be a pretty good game. Arizona comes back, beats the Rams 23-20. to Beanie Wells, the ex-Buckeye from Ohio State, 228 yards. And the aforementioned Patrick Peterson had his fourth punt return for a touchdown. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Big Doe, that ties in NFL record. Yeah, that is a Devin Hester record, I believe, from 07, right? And Devin who? Devin Hester. Well, Rick Upchurch. Not familiar you remember him, Coach? What's that? You remember Rick Upchurch? I very well remember Rick Upchurch. Bow-legged? Yeah, he, I think he did four power turns in the season, too. Yep. Great running back for the Purdue Boilermaker. Turned into a special teams player for the Denver Bronco. But, uh, yeah, Patrick Peterson... Uh, igniting the crowd, Beanie Wells, and Arizona beats the Rams 23-20. to Very impressive. Pat Peterson probably in the running for Rookie of the Year. Yeah, well, without question, he definitely would be, for me, this draft class is looking incredible, Coach. If you, I mean, if you really think Cam Newton, Patrick Peterson, Vaughn Miller in the same draft class, 
And then, and okay, just those guys. A.J. Green has been compared to uh, Marvin Lewis says, said it right now, right now, he's the greatest football player I have ever coached. Wow. Is what Marvin Lewis has said about A.J. Green. So the kid, if he keeps it, if he stays healthy, will be in the Hall of Fame. Andy Dalton's a second round pick. This kid technically has played better than Cam Newton, if you think about the terms that they, they're the Bengals and they're winning. Okay? Cam Newton, we all know, is breaking every single record, but uh, Andy Dalton is winning under this rookie class coach has been just downright unbelievable. How good, there's so many good players out of it. It's been really cool. Meanwhile, Chicago Bear Gabe Karimi sits on the sidelines. We haven't had a lot of – the Bears did not get a lot of production out of rookies so far this season. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Uh, um, second through seventh, Chris eighth. Conte. Chris Conte, phenomenal. Are you kidding me? They get a fifth-round draft pick. They get yeah. a kid that is a, a starter in the NFL. Is he the next John Lynch or is he the John Lynch White? That's what I'm hoping. Uh, That's, yeah, I, mean, I, mean, I, I wouldn't call him phenomenal, but for a fifth-round pick, he stepped in and done a decent job starting. With the jury's still out how great he's going to be, but – a pleasant surprise, I would yeah, describe I, it. I, I totally agree with you. Yeah. Don't forget, John Lynch was a seventh-round pick, and he sucked his first year. Oh, yeah. And then, well, if, and then the next thing you know, John Lynch is uh, one of the greatest hitters at, at safeties of our generation. Well, if you look at the Bears over the years, and, the, and I would imagine there's some other teams like it, Big Dog, many of their successful teams, including the uh, greatest team ever, the 1985 Chicago Bears, they were built. Not so much with the superstardom of the first-round picks, but with those fifth, sixth, seventh, and eighth-round picks, the Jay Hilgenbergs and Mark Bortzes of the world. Uh, so that does, it, it, it does not go without precedence, I guess is what I'm saying. You're exactly right. Uh, Richard Dent, eighth-round pick. Steve McMichael, free agent. Dan Hampton, first-round pick. William Refrigerator Perry, first-round pick. Singletary, second-round pick. Otis Wilson, second-round pick. Wilbur Marshall, first-round pick. So that, yeah, that core, they got a lot of like free agents and first-round picks, but everyone hit. The Bears have their first-round picks hit. Their secondary were all like fifth and sixth round guys that were good. And you're right, the whole offensive line. Colbert was a first rounder, but Fort, Hilgenberg, uh, Becker, uh, well, Van Horn was a first round pick too. But uh, but they didn't. They never missed on their first round picks ever. And they got players all the way through. That's what the Bears need to do is when they pick a first rounder, they actually hit on it. Mm-hmm. That that would be a, one of the first things that this type of work, that the Bears could do. Yeah, and this year's one might still be a hit. Gabe Karimi, I think, is going to be pretty good, but obviously injuries have uh, hindered his performance this year. Final game to bring up on the uh, NFL. Round him up and wrap him up here one day late, day late, hour short. Sorry about that, folks, but uh, got to get through it here. Washington, the Redskins knock off Seattle. 23-17, comeback win. Six-game losing streak is over. Rex Grossman throws a uh, dramatic touchdown pass with about four minutes left, and the Redskins hold on to win Big Doug and Boy. Did they need that for their mental psyche because the Redskins were down, if not out? It's just absolutely amazing how many interceptions Rex Grossman will throw. Watching that game, we were just giggling. We are like, how could he make that throw? How could he? And then next, you know, they come out and they win. Seattle's really bad, Coach, because Washington is bad and Grossman played as poorly as Grossman could play. But, of course, he did fling the ball 60 yards in the air, and Anthony Armstrong outfought. Uh, a Seattle defensive back for, and that was the game-winning touchdown pass. And, Coach, I think Grossman's eyes were closed when he threw the ball. <laughs> did, you, did you see that throw that he made? Yeah, it was pretty much it was pretty much a fling. Yeah, I mean, but it was in the air a long time. I was like, wow, that little boy has a cannon. Grossman can fling the ball, Coach. There's no doubt about it. He's got an arm. 
Yeah, when it's not getting blocked. That was his problem. That was his problem with the yeah. Chicago Bears. Half his passes would get blocked at the line of scrimmage. All right, NFL Roundup up, wrap up, brought to you by. Still looking for a sponsor. If you got a company out there interested in being a regular sponsor of the NFL Roundup up, wrap up, send us an email at Mike Two Guys AOL dot com. We're always looking for sponsors to jump on board. Big Dog, you got to get out there and do some sales yourself. Mike no, Two no, Guys at AOL dot com. What's that? I would, but every time I bring up a sponsor, you rip the company and say they're not legit. So I, <laughs> I refuse to. That's that can be a problem. Yeah, I, I refuse to bring up any names anymore. I will so. tell you what. Let me know who you're thinking of going to, and uh, then I'll write a little cheat sheet down and make sure I don't pick on those people. Okay. At least, at least for the immediate week. Hey, we got some uh, basketball to talk about first, and I don't want to spend a ton of time on it. But David Olson was right after yesterday's show. He's like, hey. You never brought up the fact that over the weekend, over the turkey time vacation that we all had, the NBA lockout appeared to come to a close December 9th. Did? <laughs> Training camp is over and on Christmas Day. Big Doug, I can tell you're tremendously excited. There'll be a triple header on Christmas Day. Uh, yeah, la-di-da. I mean, I could care less. <laughs> yeah, I'm laughing because that appears to be a lot of people's opinion right now. The only reason why I could care at all, NBA, and remember this, Davis, so the only reason why I could care at all is because uh, the Bulls actually benefit from the way this season is set up. They got their whole team is set. They play together. They, The Bulls should go on an early season run that is unprecedented in Bulls history. And I'm not talking everything besides the second three-peat of the Bulls. I mean, like in their first 40 games, they should be 35-5. and five. Honestly. They got the whole team back. There's teams. There's half of the teams out there have to add at least three free agents. The Bulls. They have their whole team. And it's going to be a shortened training camp, so that you know teams that are going to try to install new offense or teach players some of the offense and defense. Not so easy to do. So your point is well taken. But I don't know. Just the whole thing about reading about, you know, Carlos Boozer and who the backup guard for the Bulls is and some of the. Lineup suggests was like I have no interest in this right now. None, none. Now I guess the everyone's talking. They're going to go get OJ Mayo or some other guy to play uh, off guard for the Bulls. Tracy, mm-hmm. people bring it up. Tracy McGrady. I, I have no problem if they go with the whole entire team. They will if last year. I, I, I agree. Keith Bogans. Everybody keep. We got to replace Keith Bogans. Got to replace Keith. Keith Bogans shot the ball better than anybody on the Bulls in the playoffs. And he plays great yeah. defense. I'll take a, a, a nice helping of Keith Bokens. Throw me in a little bit more C.J. Watson next year. I agree with you, Big Doug. I'll be a happy man. When I hear people rip on Keith Bokens, I say, oh, you don't know anything about basketball. Mm-hmm. Seriously. Honestly. They, and they got Kyle Korver to shoot. They got three guards to play one. They got three guys to play one position. I'm fine with it. I'm and don't really forget, we, we picked the number one draft choice, who's kind of a combo small forward and two guard, too. Jimmy Butler, the kid out of Marquette. Okay, well, let's, yeah, let's see what this guy has. But I, I do know what A.J. Mayo has, and I don't think it's championship-caliber off-guard. You know what I mean? I for the amount of money that you're going to pay him, it doesn't increase your team enough. It, it doesn't. So if you're going to put out maximum-type money to anybody, they would have to be, like, great as far as I'm concerned. The Bulls aren't in a position right now where they have a bunch of money under the cap and they're just trying to fill up the crowd. That is what they need now is a guy that will win them an NBA championship, and for fourteen million dollars a year, AJ Mayo does not get them any closer to an NBA championship. Mm-hmm. Is what I'm saying. At three million a year, AJ Mayo come play off guard. Hell yeah, play off guard because we need a lot more than just you. OJ, 
what did I call him? AJ. Okay, well, I I don't like drinking orange juice with my when I put mayonnaise on anything. So. <laughs> More importantly, as nobody's interested right now in the NBA, but we are getting into college basketball. Tonight starts a pretty cool slate of games the next couple of days. Uh, the Big Ten ACC Challenge. ACC has dominated over the years, Big Dog, I think. Either last year or two years ago, the Big Ten finally got off the schneid of one. But more importantly, you got some good matchups coming up, including at 9 o'clock tonight, uh, you might be familiar with these two teams, Ohio State taking on Duke. Uh, my man, which would be me, will be sitting in front of the tele- – I'm not going to do anything today, Coach. I do not feel good. But at, uh, at 6 o'clock, I'll be watching Illinois run at Maryland and then uh, Ohio State take on Duke. So uh, Illinois has got a pretty good team, Coach. they got a lot of – They've got a lot of really athletic big guys. I mean, they, they really do. So hopefully this could be a, a nice uh, mm-hmm. like proving ground for this young team for Illinois. And then you know, I, as right. much of an Illinois fan as I am, and actually I'm not that much of an Illinois fan, but uh, I haven't seen them play yet this year. Have not seen them play, and I'm not even sure if tonight's the game I want to watch. Maryland, this is not Maryland teams of days gone by. Gary Williams uh, left and left the cupboard bare. Mark Turgeon who uh, was a guard at Kansas. I think he coached at Texas A&M. He took over the Maryland team. But I don't know how much of a test this will be for the fight in the lineup. But you've actually watched him play this year, Doug? Uh, a little bit. Not, not like I normally have, Coach. I've been so busy. And it, I just it seems like I miss taping the Illinois game every single time. So I've only seen them play mm-hmm. uh, their exhibition game. It didn't even count. Yep. They've but, got I mean, one of these, I, and we're noticing him more and more. He's, he's like the Russell Wilson of college basketball now. I don't know why it's happening so much of late, but these rental players uh-huh. and they've got, you know, the point guards are leading scorer right now. Sam Maniscalco who played his career at Bradley still had one year of eligibility left. He comes to Illinois and he's their starting point guard. Now it's kind of odd, but uh, clearly he is helping the uh, Illinois team both on the court and with his presence off the court. Yeah. And, and I, it's really good because uh, Tracy Abrams, who's going to be awesome coach, this kid, this freshman from Mount Carmel, and he's a point guard. He's a leader, and Maniscalco will like having one year with Tracy Abrams for the next three years. Tracy Abrams is going to be an All Big Ten player, and I think it has a lot to do with mm-hmm. it. They have him on the court at the same time. Uh, at least I've been reading that, and they they've looked really good together. Uh, Illinois got a lot of young, good young guards, and uh, and uh, the kid Leonard um, Myers the, the Leonard seven, Myers Leonard coach. That kid is so athletic. It blows your mind. You see this seven-foot white dude sprinting up and down the court, catching alley-oops and throwing it down. Mm-hmm. It's just it's mind-boggling. We, the, Illinois had all that name recognition last year, and I swear to you, they had no heart. That, that was Illinois' problem, and I know it's hard to say that about a college kid, but that was the issue. If Weber criticized Demetri McKamey at all, he would sit at the end of the bench and sulk instead of going out there and trying to improve as a player. This team won't have any of that. Brandon Paul, all these guys really want to get better as, as basketball players. So no more sulking and bitching by uh, Illinois basketball players. I am having, i got to admit, not so much with McKamey, but I'm having a little of, 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 of MTLS. What's that? <laughs> Mike Tisdale Law Syndrome. <laughs> I, I, I can see how that would happen for you, Coach. Uh, you. Tiz! Where's Tiz? 
No, I agree with you. This Illinois team's got a little bit. I mean, I need to watch them play more, but it's a totally different chemistry, totally different group. And, uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the only thing they're probably lacking is star power. They got a lot of good players. I don't know if they got the great guy, the one or two guys you can depend on at the end of the game. Boy, I watched Xavier against Vanderbilt last night. Two really good teams, and Xavier's got a couple of guards. Everybody's heard of two Holloway, but this kid, Mark Lyons who's phenomenal also, and uh, down the stretch, big dog, those two guys controlled the ball, scored all the points. You still need that in big games. And by the way, two Holloway, anytime uh-huh. he wants to wear a Chicago Bull uniform, be fine with me. How tall is the kid? Not tall. Okay. Because they need, they need a big. Nope. They need the- they have, if they're going to go for a point or an off guard, they need somebody that's going to be six 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 seven because Derrick Rose is a midget. He's about eight inches short of six 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 seven. Okay, that's not good. Yeah. Uh, by the way, you haven't mentioned, you know, you mentioned you're going to watch Ohio State and Duke. That's going to be a great game. We'll talk about Duke in a second here, a little college basketball talk. But uh, you uh, rather, I don't know if it was purposely or unpurposely, but a little insult to my purple crew, the Northwestern Wildcats playing tonight, Big Dog. They're 6-0, and undefeated. They won that tournament down south, beat, what, Tulsa and LSU and um, one other mid-division one team. It was a pretty good tournament, but the Wildcats are undefeated playing some solid basketball. I take it as a personal affront that you did not mention my Northwestern purpose. I, I did it on purpose, Coach. I, I made that. sure not to say anything about it, so I will now. I'm going out here, and this, is, <laughs> this, this isn't that. I don't think this was that big of a statement, but I'm saying Northwestern goes to the tournament this year. I'm guaranteeing it. I'm guaranteeing it. Now, they have to remain. They need to basically only have one loss out of conference because when the Big Ten play comes in, who knows what happens because – you know, like in you know in late February, early March, when guys at Michigan are determining which girl they're going to take to which particular party after they get done with the Northwestern game, the Northwestern guys <laughs> just got done writing a twelve-page paper. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. that's, I don't know how they're going to be able to deal with conference play and the grind of being a Northwestern student and the Big Ten schedule. That's why they really got to take advantage. Of, of the preseason this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, big one tonight they take on Georgia Tech. Not a great Georgia Tech team, but the Cats are doing outstanding. Duke at Ohio State, wow. What a great game. Unbelievable amount of talent. There'll be more than a few NBA scouts in that crowd. And by the way, Glenn Rivers, kid Austin Rivers. Sometimes you hear those highly touted freshmen, big dog, that, uh, you know, a little bit too much pub for them. I've watched him play a couple of games. He's every bit as good as advertised. Okay, uh, but do you think he handles the ball too much. Don't you think he needs to, to move it a little bit? More? Yes. Uh, that's his only issue. Yep, I agree. I, I swear to you, that's his only issue, Coach, because it seems like his Duke has this beautiful flow movement, and then when it hits his hands, yes, he's better than everybody on the court, but the ball shouldn't stop moving. Yep. Well, they got Andre Dawkins. They got uh, Seth Curry, uh, Stefan Curry's brother, Del Curry's dad, a great player. So they got three great guards, and uh, – couple of solid inside players. It's amazing. Duke, every year, they, Kentucky's the same way. They'll lose a bunch of players. They come back, and this year's team is as strong as, uh, you know, in, in previous years. Yeah, it's uh, – you, you only need a couple players in college basketball. If, you, if you're if you at a Kansas or a Duke or a Kentucky, and, and you can always have eight guys on your team that are good, solid Division One basketballs, and if you continually have the flow of the one and done. Mm-hmm. So you get four one and duns every year. Two of them truly are one and duns, and the other two are decent basketball players, and they end up being part of the eight guys that you rotate. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what it's, isn't that what it is nowadays? Yeah. Speaking, know, of, like, speaking of one and duns, have you seen Anthony Davis for Kentucky play? I have not seen Kentucky play this year. So 
I was about to watch the game, and then they interviewed John Calipari right before the game started, and mm-hmm. I changed the channel, that and can, I didn't come back to it. That can be if a problem. If they would not have done that, I would have probably seen them play at least yeah. for like 10 minutes. You know the story behind the kid, though, right? No, what? Tell me. Well, he Anthony Davis, number one high school player coming out. He's 6'10", already for Kentucky. He's averaging like 12 points, four blocks, six rebounds a game, but he's a Chicago kid. And he came uh-huh. out of nowhere in seventh and eighth grade at freshman year. He was like six one, six two, six three. Not one of those high pub guys. Nobody heard of him. And uh, it was like the end of his sophomore year, which in this day and age, that's pretty late. And all of a sudden, people started hearing him. He was a late skyrocket off the charts, and he became. He went from unheard of in in a two year period to the number one recruit in the country. He's right from our uh, native Chicago, big dog Anthony uh, Davis, right there for you. Oh, he's still, but he he's not at Kentucky yet. Oh, yes, he is. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. I, I a freshman this year. I did not know that. No, no, he's he's one and done. He'll be the number one pick ahead of Austin Rivers or uh, I don't know who else might be in consideration, but uh, right now, anyways, he'd be the first pick coming out of the draft. Wow. Yeah. And is, is, you know what it probably was? This kid's six one, and he loves basketball. I'm assuming the kid loves basketball if he's good enough to be the number one overall pick in the draft. Yeah. He went to pers- Perspectives High School. Who's even heard of perspective? He went to a small high school, not one of the big powerhouses. So, and, so this kid probably works on his game, his speed, his mm-hmm. footwork, his shooting, yep. and all of a sudden, from being six one, he's six ten, and all of a sudden, yep. he's still the same kid that all those years worked on his game, his skills, mm-hmm. his dribbling, his shooting, and now he's six foot ten. Growing eight or nine inches didn't hurt either. But I like the fact he did not go to one of the bigger high schools. He stayed at Perspectives High School, the one he enrolled at in the beginning. All right, dog, a somewhat disjointed show, but nevertheless a good one. Um, any activities that you'll be doing today? You said you're not feeling so well, so you're going to be homestead today, huh? I am legitimately going to put on, like, 15 sweatshirts and sweat this thing out because I got, I got a lot of stuff I need to be getting done soon. Beautiful. All right, well, get up and uh, walk around every every hour. It's good for your health. Yeah, I will. All right, go Cats. Go Lina. <laughs> Have a great day, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. Two guys and a mic. We'll see you tomorrow at 10 o'clock, midweek Wednesday show. Signing off. Don't be late.